Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. We kind of worked out about life groups too. Like, man, life groups are awesome. Yeah, hey! So, <laughs> the sermon goes bad. I'm just going to be like, hey! Everybody's going to go crazy. You guys love it, man. This last few weeks have been completely awesome. Talking about the big, fat mouth gets me in. It's supposed to be, hey. I'm just kidding. Gets me in trouble. Gets me in trouble. Man, who would thought it would be so much fun talking about complaining and criticizing and lying? You're like, that was kind of fun these last three weeks. I thought, man, this is going to be a tough series. This has been one of the best series, a lot of fun. So if you've missed a couple weeks or maybe you're new to church today, I encourage you to go back, man. You deserve it. Go back. Listen to a few of these messages. I Seriously, people come to me all the time. I had somebody this morning in the hub talking about, man, your message spoke to me. There's some situation that happened there, man. God just was working through him. So I encourage you to go in there and look at it. It's going to be awesome. It's so encouraging what God's been doing. And so I told you I was going to extend this series long as we need to get our words right. So I said maybe four to five years. Uh, There's a lot of work we got to do, right, to get our words right. So I didn't decide to just go one more week. And so we're going to add another week to this. And it's something I think is going to be super powerful for our church. Uh, I think it embodies our church if you've been around me at all or around our team. This is something I think we all struggle with. And uh, we're going to talk about something, so come on back next week, a little word called sarcasm. (laughs) I'm like, I'm out, dude, forget that guy. I might be the leader of the sarcastic world, so I'm going to be preaching to myself. I got a lot of growing up this next week, Uh, but I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be a good, powerful time together next week, my big fat mouth. Welcome to part four, today's theme I introduced with a story. It kind of ties in with what Barry was talking about a little bit. I got a really uh, interesting rumor hit me this week. Uh, it was almost comical. I, I like laughed out loud over and over again. Like, how in the world did this happen? Like, where did this rumor come from about our church? And before I tell you what the rumor is, because you all want to know what it is, um, it's not true. So don't tweet this rumor, okay? Because if you tweet the rumor, then you're going to be the gossip person. And we're going to come back and have talking longer and make the series like six weeks or seven weeks or whatever. All right. So the rumor is this. This is what came across my table, uh, is that our church, Real Life Church, had merged up with two other churches. I was like, Really? News to me. I've never heard of that before. Like, how did that happen? Like, man, through the rumor mill. And so I guess uh, what happened is they saw our post on social media that we partnered with other churches called A Night of Worship with LifeQuest and New Life City. We got together and did this thing called the Capital C Church. We worshiped other Christians, stepped outside our box, and apparently it's so mind-blowing to people that we'd actually serve with other churches that we must have merged. And so uh, I was like, man, maybe merge with like the will of God or something, but we didn't merge with any other churches, you know? And so we were super uh, just kind of blown back by like, wow, I can't believe how easy that was to spread that around. I don't know if anybody else heard that. That was maybe just not a big thing, but I was interested by that, man. I was like, man, that's really interesting. Like, we're doing good. We're not merging. I'm going to set this record straight. We're not merging. We're not merging. I don't know where that rumor came from, but we're going to work with other churches until we get it right. We're going to serve people. We're going to just all about the Capital City Church this morning. But it's so easy how fast things spread on social media that almost overnight they can go around the world. And so the theme of the day, if you haven't figured out, is what? Gossiping. Gossiping. It just kind of spreads around like, like little things, just moves everywhere. And so today, how many of you know somebody who gossips? Raise your hand. Put your hand up high. This is not time to elbow somebody next to you. That is a party foul, okay? We have a little tailgate party, party foul. Dude, who's pointing at somebody? That's not good. <laughs> They're right there in the middle. Oh, man. It was a mom and a daughter pointing at each other. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that, I think. A lot of truth to that. But, man, gossip happens all the time, doesn't it? 
you, you may be a part of it, you may not realize you're part of it, or you hear it all the time. Somebody stops you in the hallway and just da 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 Why does it happen? Why does it happen? The Bible says this in Proverbs 18.8. It says, rumors are dainty morsels. I, I can't go past dainty. <laughs> dainty? Okay, I don't have a British accent, but I'm just thinking somebody sipping some tea and some grape pond, you know? But rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Dainty morsels that sink into one's heart. You know, it's kind of thinking about uh, regular conversations that you, you're having with somebody, and all of a sudden, somebody makes this magic comment. Hey, did you hear about? You're like, no. <laughs> did you know? Know what? And all of a sudden, that conversation about whatever it was, innocent, just kind of turns into a story. Like, what happened? Oh, really? That again? Again? I can't believe she wore that. Oh, my. I'm going to go talk some about that. All of a sudden, it just goes on and on. The gossip spreads and gets a little crazy. So gossip can just sneak into our conversation. It's so subtle. just jumps in. It seems like, for me, I catch myself like, man, why am I saying this? Where did this come from? And so it's kind of like peanut M&Ms. You guys like some peanut M&Ms? Yeah, I had a jar, and I left them somewhere in this church. I think somebody ate them already this morning. I couldn't find them. Huh? Carrie has my peanut M&Ms. All right. Well, it was a great illustration ruined by Carrie. Don't spread that as a gossip thing. But anyway, it's like peanut dinners. Those things are like the devil for me. You know, if I, if I eat one, I have to eat the whole bag. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. You guys got your sins. You got your vices. Beef jerky. I've seen some of you guys on the beef jerky. Bacon. Yeah, no, bacon. Yeah. Bacon with anything. Bacon and ice cream. Bacon, whatever. Bacon and football. It's a good party gift, I guess. Bacon, bacon, bacon. But man, if I eat that, pe- that peanut M&M, I'm going to eat the whole bag. You're going to watch me sit here for 25 minutes just eat those peanut M&Ms. There'll be no message today. Just suck them down. Those tiny little morsels, they taste so good. You know, you get in that conversation, and all of a sudden, it's like, man, I don't care what I was talking about. This story is really awesome. We start going on and on and on about gossip. And before you know it, it's been like three or four hours. You've never talked about anything but gossip. And so here's the point. Once you start gossip, you can't uh, stop. You guys are smart. Once you start, you can't stop. All of a sudden, it's just got to keep going, keep going, keep going. And every time you say something, it goes farther from the truth. The more you repeat it, the more different the story gets, doesn't it? You ever played telephone before? So it's all nice and innocent, like the cat crossed the road, like, okay, pass it on. Goes through some of our salty dream teamers, you know, like on the setup team. And turns over here, and you can't even talk about what the rumor is now. Like, it's been spread so far from the truth. You're like, what in the world are you guys coming up with? And it travels so fast. Like, gossip can move around the world before truth gets out of bed. Like on social media, you kind of put something on there, and it's like, click, boom. The whole world knows what the gossip train is saying, isn't it? It moves so fast. And for some of us, we think, man, it's not a big deal. Like this is pretty normal. Like people kind of talk about stuff. It's not a big deal. But I think we all go back to a point in our life we've been hurt by some kind of gossip. There's probably a relationship in your past. Maybe you're best friends in high school. And it was all good. And all of a sudden, the rumor mill started. All of a sudden, some gossip was spread. And you heard from somebody else about what somebody close to you thought about you. Ever ever had before? Like, man, why am I finding out from a random stranger how you feel about me? Like, we're no longer friends. And so the gossip mill has hurt some relationships. Or maybe you heard uh, an embarrassing story. Maybe at work, somebody said something about you and it got around the office. And you're like, man, what's this talking about? People are looking at you weird and you walk into the, to the building that day. Maybe it's never happened. Maybe at school in the classroom or down the hallway, all of a sudden, like, man, everybody knows. Somebody told something I had in confidence. And it's so easy to share a story that's not ours to tell, isn't it? So easy to say something that's not ours to give away. And the problem, it can be difficult for us to really realize that we're sometimes the problem. That sometimes we're the ones that have a hard time looking in the mirror going, hey, I've been the one gossiping. I've been the one challenging and saying the wrong things. You know, in the church world, it may come in the form of an unspoken prayer request. I don't know if you've ever been to a prayer request meeting or been to a prayer meeting and somebody says unspoken. Maybe it's like old Aunt Ethel, you know, great, great, great Aunt Ethel. I've got an unspoken prayer request. And everybody's like, 
Unspoken, yeah, man, something going on. Because in the church terms, that means there's a problem I'm not willing to say, but I want you to know enough I know about it. That's what that means in the church world, unspoken prayer request. So all of a sudden, it's like, what's going on? And Ethel's like, oh, man, you know, there's a situation. Situation, what situation? Man, tell me what's the situation. Oh, you know, Betty Sue, she's upset at the salsa contest. Her salsa didn't beat the store-bought salsa. Pace Picani chunky salsa beat her out. <laughs> this is true. These, word, these names have been changed to protect the innocent. I promise you. You think I'm joking? This is a real story. Betty Sue's thinking about leaving the church. Pray for Betty. Uh, Betty's in the meeting. I know you can't see her. Oh, bless your heart, Betty. Bless your heart. You know what I'm talking about. We've been those beings like, I got this prayer request. They really need to know about the prayer request. We can, we can disguise gossip anywhere. Here's the point. Everything that is true... You should say, but th- everything that's true, you don't need to say. So everything that's said should be true. Man, I messed it all up. This is rewind that, cut that tape. All right? Everything that's said should be true, but everything that's true should not be said. Make sense? Everything you say, you don't have to say just because it's true. Because sometimes it's like, well, it's true she's upset. I know it's true, but it's not helpful. We don't need to tell everybody that she's upset. Like, we didn't, you can pray for her on your own. So everything that should say, be said is true, but not everything is true should be said. It says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. It's amazing the power of our words. It's amazing how those little morsels get planted into our hearts as seeds of bitterness. Maybe you heard somebody speak something over you. Maybe there was a story that was told that wasn't really accurate. Maybe there's somebody who said something you heard from somebody else. You're like, man, people think that about me, and you're set back. Maybe you shared in confidence with a friend some kind of struggle. Or maybe it was something maybe dared enough to even share your dream. You shared, shared something that we were afraid of, but you said, you know, this is what God's called me to do. This is what I'm going to do. And somebody stomped on your dream. And all of a sudden, you just start trusting and stop trusting and stop putting into stuff and start pulling yourself away from others. And those words brought death in your life. You know, most of us, we don't intend to gossip. I don't think we go around, I can't wait to gossip on somebody. When we unintentionally hurt people. So today, I just want to just jump into three quick things. Like, what is really the problem with gossip? Like, well, who does it really hurt? And so the first thing is this. Gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. It says in Proverbs 16, 28, it says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife, and gossip separates the best of friends. I mean, I go back in high school. I had some really good friends. And then all of a sudden, something happened, some gossip, some rumors. And guess what? Our whole friend group just like, you guys been there? No, just me. All right, cool. My friends are the only ones that got in fights and broke up. That's cool. It's all right. All right, but some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You had the embarrassing story, and, and somebody shared it, or, like, they found out, like, you had a crush on somebody, and then that crush found out somehow, and you're like, the only person knew was my best friend who's no longer my best friend. This stuff has happened, huh? But here's the encouragement for you. Just know this. If somebody gives you some kind of gossip, if you feel like, hey, they're, they're insecure, they're making you feel small, just know, just feel better that you're not that person. Just feel good about it. Like, hey, that's my word of encouragement. I know it's a lot of encouragement, wasn't it? Just feel good not the ones spreading the gossip. Because I'm going to tell you something. Actually, they're the ones that are going to hurt in the end. So gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. I've never been to the end of gossip and felt, man, I'm glad I'm the end of that gossip train, you know? Like real life merging. I'm like, where in the world did that come from? Like, that's weird. What do people say about me or, or church? I'm like, I'll take it, though, because we're going to do something for the kingdom. So I think it's kind of cool. But anyway, gossip hurts the listener. Can you believe that gossip actually hurts the person hearing the gossip? That's kind of weird. Like, really? Like, how in the world would they be hurt by me saying this story? Check this out in Proverbs 17, 4. It says, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Like, what? Tell me about that? Liars pay close attention to slander. So in other words, if you listen to gossip, then you are a wrongdoer. The wrongdoers love to hear wrong things. How many times have you heard somebody run down somebody in front of you like your friend? 
How many times have you been in a conversation where they go on and on and on at the workplace about the business? Man, I can't believe this company did this and this and this. I can't believe this and that. Man, that person, da 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 Or the marriage, right? You've seen somebody tear down their spouse. you see somebody tear down their best friend. And all of a sudden, they gossip on their latest relationship of who's dating who and this happened here. We, sent, we have a lot of that, don't we? Come on, we're all guilty, right? We've all seen those conversations. There's always that person who stops us and wants to take us on the gossip train. And here's the point this morning. You promote what you permit. You promote what you permit. And so if you're sitting there going, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great, that's crazy. Oh, man, I can't believe that. You're promoting that gossip. You're telling that person that, hey, it's okay to share gossip. It's okay to be the person that promotes it, and you're permitting it. And all of a sudden, the story that they told you kind of moves down the train, right? And all of a sudden, you might tell the story just a little differently next time you tell it. You might paint it with a different light. And all of a sudden, it gets back to them. It may look totally different than really what happened. It may be totally different of the situation. And so gospel not only hurts the person who talks about it, it also hurts the listener, but it also hurts the speaker. And I believe this is the, really the, the essence of gossip. At the end of the day, gossip hurts the person saying the gossip more than any other person. It says in Proverbs 25, 9, 10, it says, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Man, do you know the Bible said that? Don't betray another person's secret. Don't say something you shouldn't say about somebody else. Others may accuse you of gossip. You'll never regain your good reputation. The point's simple. There are stories in and around us that are ours to share. It's not our story. Even good news sometimes should be broken by somebody else. You know, I'm a leader of a church, and sometimes I hear stuff, and I'm like, man, I know that was awesome news, but, man, that was their story, right? Like, that was their glory. That was what they should be saying. And so many oftentimes we're telling people stuff, even though it's not our story to share with somebody else. And the whole time you're sitting there, you're thinking, Hmm, am I going to share my secrets with you? Am I going to share what I'm going through with you? No. And so all of a sudden, that person that's a gospeler, guess what happens in their life? All their friends, their circle of trust, we're going to we're gonna go back to meet the parents, right? The circle of trust is broken. And the people around you get smaller and smaller and smaller. And all of a sudden, you think you've got friends because you know everything. And you think you've got friends because you can step on somebody. And you're a little smarter because you can tell people what you would have done if you were in their situation. But at the end of the day, the people that are around you aren't really going to trust you with anything in their life because they know they can't be trusted. And so in the end of the day, the gossiper is the one who gets hurt the most. You lose relational equity. You know, I think for me, I've played all three of these. And if you're honest with yourself, you probably played all three of these parts, all three parts of gossip. And you think about the person who listens to gossip is hurt, the, piece of, the person who is spoken about is hurt, and the person who is sharing is hurt. So here's my big point for this morning. Everybody's hurt with gossip. <laughs> There's no winner with gossip. There's no winner at all. There's no winner. If you share gossip, then you're losing friends and trust, and your relational value goes down. Then you're speaking words that probably aren't even true over somebody else, who's to somebody else who probably doesn't even care what you have to say about the situation because they're not even involved in it. That's why it's gossip. Otherwise, no one's going on. And so we perpetuate this thing, and all of a sudden, it's just negative, 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 negative. So the question this morning is this. How can we control gossip? How can we make our, ourselves, probably pull ourselves out of gossip? And if you're on the gossip train, man, this is going to be a tough order. But today, I make it super simple, okay? There's two very simple tactics, very simple steps, very practical things to do, but very difficult to put into action. And so the first thing is this. It's really easy. Guard your ears. Get some earmuffs on, like little children, right? Guard your ears, la, 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 like the song, la, 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 la. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. You can stop gossip with one question. This is what you get to guard your ears. It's a simple one question, and uh, it, it's really simple to use, but it's very hard to do because it's a little confrontational, and I'll give you a softer question in a second. But the first question you can ask when you think somebody's just going on about something is just simply, hey, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? Now, the, now you don't be sassy about it. 
why you tell me it's girlfriend, you know? You don't have to get one in her face. Like, I know, I know you're going to do that. Uh, some of you just kind of struggle with that with some sports. But, you know, we're going to get there. You don't have to be sassy about it. But why are you telling me this? Help the person kind of like dialogue with themselves. Like, do I really need to know this? And then, then go this way. This is a little easier question. Hey, have you talked to that person about this? Have you talked to XYZ about the situation? And I promise you, 98% of the time, they're going to be like, well, no, I haven't talked to them yet. And you're going to tell them. This is the hard part. It's really easy, right, actually, to say, hey, I think it would be best you talk to them before you talk to me. Shut down the train. All of a sudden, the conversation's over. I know, uh, man, there should be applause right now. This is, just, this is tough, you know. The gossip train's shutting down. Everybody likes the. It's too juicy, man. Those little morsels, those peanut M&Ms you got to say no to. But we got to tell people, hey, man, this isn't for me. This amazing question didn't come from me. They came from the Bible. It's found in Matthew 18, 15. It says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and, and offense. Wait, if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won back the person. Man, this is unbelievable. Go to that person. Can you imagine how different life would be if people just go to that person they had a problem with? Go to that person. There's nothing worse than find out something from somebody close to you, from somebody that's a random stranger. This happened to me as a leader. I know it's never happened to anybody else. But you hear something. You're like, man, why in the world does that person know who I've never met about what you think about me? You just go to me. I should just go to you. I should be big enough to say, hey, I want to talk to you. I kind of feel this way in this situation. If you're going to be offended and you're not going to talk to somebody, then just don't be offended. You shouldn't be offended because guess what? You, you, there's, no, there's nothing to be offended about. You're not willing to reconcile. And so if you feel like you got some gossip and you're upset, go talk to them. I'd rather know where I stand. I'd rather make it right. I'd rather be restored. I don't want to hold somebody out. Like, let's work together as a team. And so oftentimes we're playing with the other team's jersey on Green Bay in the front. Just lo- I'm loving you, baby. I'm, we're talking in a minute. All right? We're talking. So what happens is the person, what happens is the person keeps gossiping. Maybe you're around somebody just is, is just like an addict of gossip. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 20, 19. It says, a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatters. Man, sometimes in life, you just got to tell us people, hey, man, I love you. I love you. <sighs> love you, bro. It's not working out. It's just not working out. Like, there's nothing fruitful from these conversations. You just got to stop talking about this stuff. Like, this isn't the direction I'm going to go with my life. I want some positive stuff, and this isn't what's going to happen. I know it's tough to do, but I'm telling you, cutting those people out of your life, it's going to drive you to a place you need to be. So the first thing is this. Guard your ears. Guard your ears. Guard your ears. Don't listen to gossip. Shut gossip down. Second thing is this. And this is what the Bible says, and it's a little abrupt. I could say it a lot differently, but I'm going to say it this way. The Bible says just shut your mouth. This is a hard one, you know. It's like, this is a real practical. I told you these practical steps, all right? But the Bible says this. It's super blunt. In Proverbs 21, 23, it says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. This is a verse for all teenagers. I'm just kidding. I mean, for all of us, right? Because that's what we're telling our kids all the time, right? Like, keep your mouth shut, you know, stay out of trouble. Watch your tongue. All right, we're going to do this together. I need your help. So what are we supposed to do? We're going to say it together. Can you guys do it together? Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. Can you do this? Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut. And you stay out of trouble. I'm not hearing it over here. Watch your tongue. Keep your mouth shut. This is a teenage group. I'm just kidding. It's not you guys. It's all, it's all for everybody, right? We got to keep our mouth shut. It's so easy not to shut our mouths. I want to say congratulations. Some of you guys memorized your first verse in the Bible today. Good job. Woo! Yes. You're like, it was me. And it's funny. Like, God probably put that right there for you. Take it how you want to. I love this quote from Abraham Lincoln. He says this. I have a shirt, and I can't wear it because I'm too big to wear it anymore because keep your mouth shut. It was a small. Okay, I lied from last week. It wasn't small. All right. But it says this. This is what Abraham Lincoln says. Better to remain silent and be without a fool 
than to speak up and remove all doubt. <laughs> better be silent and be without a fool than speak up and remove all doubt. It's better be a fool in silence. Or as Dumb and Dumber says, you were seeing the movie Dumb and Dumber, and the cop says, shut your mouth, you know it's good for you. <laughs> shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Think about Proverbs. It says this, 1728, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. Man, even a fool seems wise when he shuts his mouth. You can be a fool today and you'd be smarter by the time you leave just by saying less. Amen? Dude, I gave you the greatest education of your life today. You owe money. You need to pay that. No, I'm just kidding. You don't owe money. But you're smarter by being quiet. I know it's hard to believe, but you, sometimes we look like fools because we're saying stuff we shouldn't say. You can look smart today. How many times have you heard somebody say, I knew she was pregnant? I knew it. Sixth sense. Lord Jesus told me. She's wearing those bad years shirts. She's prego. I knew it. I knew it. You know, there's people like that all the time, calling people out. I knew it. And then they weren't pregnant. <laughs> you're like, no, 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 they're not pregnant. That's, that's wrong. Or you're some of your company. I knew we're downsizing. We're downsizing. Oh, man, it's going to happen. I heard this. I heard this. And then nothing happens. Company grows. People are getting put on. It's like, what in the world? Oh, man, why is she wearing that? You've heard that before. What's she? Oh, man, can you believe she wore that? Can you believe she wore that? Like, Dude, mom, that's like totally normal. <laughs> like that's not gossip. I mean, that's that people do wear that. They wear slacks. I know it's crazy. Whatever it is, right? Or you see, man, look at her. She looks stressed out. Look at that marriage. I can just know that they're fighting. They can tell they're fighting from here. Look at them. They're looking all perfect today, walking in like Brian and Courtney and doing their thing. <laughs> they are perfect, by the way. So we can make fun of that. Or maybe it's Aunt Ethel, right, man? She Aunt Ethel told me in a prayer meeting. Real life merged up with two churches. Must be true. I heard it. It's like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing true about this, man. The root of the problem is this, that we all have a healthy desire to be better than somebody else. Inside of us, there's something that wants to make us feel better, and so we have to make people feel less. We have to put people down. We have to step on top of people, make them feel less. Gossip, lying, complaining, criticizing. The problem with all these things is not your big, fat mouth. I know this whole series, big, fat mouth. That's not the problem. The problem is our wounded and our sin-stained heart. That's our problem is a sin nature. That sin has driven us far from God. And so we're easy to put people down. Gossip says tear somebody down, step on them, put them in the dirt so you can stand a little taller, feel good about yourself. You can break the news because you're a little smarter. You can tell everybody how you feel about it because you probably have a better like, solution than they did because you know exactly what they were going through. So therefore just kind of rub them in the dirt so they make yourself look better. As opposed to the gospel that says serve people. Get low. Put them on your shoulders so they can stand higher. Build somebody up. Speak truth in their life. Give them a vision for the future. Encourage somebody. I think you got to know who you are as a Christian. Because gossip claims this, that I'm strong because they're weak. That's what gossip's all about. I'm a stronger person because I make them feel weak. I can tear people down so I can feel good about myself. But the gospel proclaims I am weak, but he is strong. I don't need to be strong, amen? I don't need to be strong. Because I know who I am in Christ. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. That God died for me. That God gave me a new name and gave me a new passion. That I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That I have a radical purpose. That I'm gifted and called for my race, not your race. I don't have to be mad or upset because you're successful. I don't be mad or upset because you have more money or more friends or more Facebook likes. Oh, you got more Facebook likes than me. I'm not a cool guy on Facebook, right? Like, that's not my goal. I got a lane. I'm going to put my head down in my lane and stop staring at everybody else and complaining and gossiping because I'm not going to tear somebody down because I know who I am. I can shut my mouth. I can shut my mouth. You can shut your mouth because you know who you serve. People don't have to understand. They don't have to understand why your life is the way it is. They don't have to understand your decisions. They don't have to understand. That's one of the hardest things about being a leader. You always want everybody to understand. Like, why did you do that? It's like, man, they're just not going to understand. No matter how much you say, you're just not going to understand. 
But I can stand on the faith of Jesus. I don't have to make something up. I don't have to make somebody feel weak. I don't have to make somebody feel discouraged. I've been transformed, amen? That I'm loved. You guys are loved. You don't have to live in fear. That you're redeemed. That you're made wonderful. That you're accepted. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. All right, just to myself. I was preaching to myself. <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> I just know this, that God's got my heart, and so I can shut my mouth, amen? I can just shut my mouth. I don't have to say what I need to say. I don't have to say everything to my kids, I think. I don't have to say everything to all the people in my staff, I think. I don't have to say everything to everybody in the church, I think. I don't have to put it on Facebook. I don't have to say it to my crazy aunt. You know what I said? I should have said that. <laughs> Forgive me. All right? I can speak life into people. I can build them up. We can do this. We can speak life. I know it's fearful, but like, man, I got to say something positive. You can say something positive. I grew up in a life in a world where we're a lot of positivity. Probably much like your life. Be the positive person. Help people. Set them free. Don't put them in chains. Set them free. Don't speak negative things. Set them free. Don't gossip. Go to the person. You know, I heard something was going on. I want you to know about it first. I shut it down. Know what's happening. You take care of it. I want to, I got your back. I'm going to help you. I want to make you better. I'm not going to gossip about you. Man, I had this incredible conversation this week, and I was making fun of the Green Bay Packers all day. But this is Brett in the front row, his wife, Megan. They're newlyweds. We've been married about a month, right? They're giving up for the newlyweds. You know who they are. I'm making up. Yeah. They'll clap for anything. I'm just kidding. Like, who are these guys? Well, Brett. So Brett was in my youth group. It's been like six or seven years. All right. And he showed up last week, and, and during the, uh, our, uh, our cover song, well, a little bit of a, uh, which I'm blanking the name of our cover song, which is cool. Johnny Cash, there we go. Ring of Fire. Whatever. It wouldn't Ring of Fire, but you'll get me up here in a special one of these days, all right? So he shows up in the back. I haven't seen him in literally six or seven years. And I'm like, man, Brett, I know it's you, man. And he's just like smiling ear to ear. And we got some history. I was like, hey, man. I was like, remember that time I threw you through a wall? He's like, yeah, man, I tell that story all the time. <laughs> There's a story there. You can ask Brett. He's going to tell it different than I'm going to tell it because he's lying about it. He was there last week. And... I did ask him, I said, I bet you tell it different than I do. He didn't, actually. So anyway, but it was so cool. He showed up and he said, man, I had to come to your church. I heard you started church and I had to come, had to come, had to come. I went to lunch with these guys yesterday. They were so gracious by us in the house. And, but just so thankful. Like, you don't know the difference you made in my life so long ago. And I heard you started church and I had to come out to your church because I wanted to say thank you. I'm kind of blown away. Like, nobody comes back, right? That's like the 10 lepers, you know? Like, nobody's like, thanks for investing in my life. It doesn't happen very often, you know? And for me, it was just so touched because that just motivated me all week long because I look back and there's so much stuff in life that you can be negative about. There's so much stuff you can gossip about and complain about and be critical about and lie about and be so self-centered about and cry about and moan. All this stuff, we can be all this, whatever. But there's also encouragement. And I have no idea. I literally have no idea what I said six or seven years ago or whatever. I have no, I, I have literally no recollection of like the exact words I said. But I do know they were encouraging, and they were uplifting, and they were building, and they were pouring into somebody. And instead of saying, hey, I'm pretty busy, I can't spend time investing in people, man, I'm gonna invest in the church, I'm gonna serve at church, I'm gonna point people to the one that can solve their problems, not me, to Jesus. I'm gonna step out, I'm gonna lift somebody up. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know where you're at. I hope you have a friend in your life. I hope our church is that thing for you. I hope you come here and you feel encouraged. You feel like you got a buddy. You got somebody that cares about you. You got a spiritual dad. You got a spiritual father. And I was so moved by his conversation because you have no idea. You have no idea how your words make a difference. Amen? You have no idea how one word spoken encouragement can plant the seeds that change something forever. Not little dainty morsels and bitterness in our heart, but seeds that grow in faith. Seeds that change people. 
I want to encourage you, church, to be a church that changes people. I encourage you to be caught, not gossiping, but caught encouraging. Amen? Somebody's going to catch you encouraging this week. You're going to say something to your kids. Man, great job cleaning your room. It was only 60% of what I expected. Great job cleaning your room. You're good in there. You missed these things, but great job, you know. Clean your room. You're going to pick somebody up. Hey, do you hear how awesome it was this morning that our team set up? And Josh is running like a maniac. Looked like the rain came down. This guy on our team that leads our host team setting up. Looked like crazy man. Do you hear how awesome it was? They ran out there and set the stuff up, all the barbecue grills and all the stuff in the morning. It's some encouragement, right? I mean, I was just thinking, what can I buy this morning to give to our host team? I mean, it was a downpour. It was like a torrential monsoon. I'm like, man, church is over. Tailgate party fail, right? Like, this ain't going to work. And our team's out there busting tail. Man, did you hear about how that story touched so many people's lives? Did you hear about what you said from the stage or that thing you said in the hallway? I, I overheard you. You said something so positive it touched me. Dude, the way you serve on our team, the way you serve has inspired so many people. The way you get here early, you get here on time. The way your positivity. Come on. There's some positivity on our team. Man, catch, just be caught. I'm just going to be encouraging. There's no room for negativity. There's no room for gossip. Not just here, in your own life. It's for you. We're the the ones cutting our own heads off. And so we can be different, man. I want our church to be all about gospel. See, the gospel, when you speak life, there's no loss. It's all wins. Everybody wins. You win. The person you talk about wins. The person you're telling wins. They all win, amen? Amen. They all win. I'm not passionate about this because I've seen so much negativity in my life. Like you can speak life and that person grows and that person grows and that person grows. And when people hear about it, they go, wow, that's really cool. And that person grows. Or you can speak death and that's gossip. And just lose, lose, lose all the way around the circle. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, let's be a church that's full of the gospel. Amen. Let's be a church that speaks life. Let's be a church that shuts down gossip. Let's be a church that lifts up people. People should be different. They should know we're different because we walk with Jesus. Amen. We're just going to do it because we're going to sell ourselves apart to God, and we're going to be people that live for him and don't speak a word of gossip. We're going to lift people up this morning. Father, we come before you. God, we ask you to do only what you can do. God, we ask your spirit to move in this place. God, ask for people to turn to life. God, that they'd take the words from the mouth, God, and they, they would hold on to their tongue. God, they would shut their mouth, and they would just listen to themselves and say, God, you have a better plan for me. God, you have a purpose for me. God, I've got to build people up around me. I can't tear them down. I've got one life. I only get one spouse, I only get one chance with my kids. So I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna work hard to tame my tongue, to listen to your spirit. And I'm gonna talk words of truth. I don't need to be understood. I don't need to be right. I don't need to be smart. I just need to serve and to be like Jesus. So take a moment to pray this morning. Those, those of you who say, hey, you know what? I want my life, my words to change to be life-giving. I want my ears to be guarded, I want my mouth to be shut when necessary. I wanna speak the truth in love. And God, help me when I get caught encouraging somebody. I want to be that person this week that gets caught encouraging. Man, if that's you this morning, you want your words to change, you want to shut your big fat mouth this morning. If that's you, would you just raise your hands? Say, that's me. I don't want to be a person to gossip. I see your guys' hands all across the room. Man, I hope that's the heart of our church. I also pray for you. Father, we come before you. Thank you for Jesus who set us free. God, we don't have to give a defense of our life. God, you defend us. God, I pray for every single time that we're tempted to spread gossip, God, or to break confidence or to share a story that's not ours to share, God. I pray that we pause, we stop, we recognize that we're being a problem and not a solution, that we're speaking words of death and not of life. So God, I pray that you would change us from the inside out. You renew our minds and our hearts. God, we look back on our lives, God. We say something positive. We bring words of healing and strength. God, we have a good reputation with those around us. As we continue praying today, there are those of you who say, man, God brought me here on purpose. 
There's something I need in my life. I know I'm not fulfilled. And you can see this in this statement of gossip. The gossip claims that you are strong because others are weak. And that pretty much sums up the greatest lie ever told from Satan, that you are stronger because others are weak. That if you're better than others, then you're a good person. That if you can feel good about yourself, you can be the smartest person, you can have the greatest achievement, you can make money, you can have the relationship, you can satisfy all desires of your life, you can be accepted. And the truth is, no matter how strong you are, no matter how hard you try, you're never gonna be strong enough. That was never part of the plan. That was a lie from Satan. That we weren't created to be strong on our own. The Bible says in our weakness, he made us strong. What does this mean? It means in our weakness, our sinful nature, and our mistakes, in our mess, that God didn't leave us there, but he sent Jesus because Jesus is strong. In his strength, he sent his son, Jesus, to die in our place so we can be made brand new, that we can be made right with God and transformed by his love. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved, they'll be transformed and made alive to God. That every sin that you ever committed has been forgiven by God, that the old is gone and everything is made new. And you're here today by the wonderful good news of the gospel, that Jesus loves you, that he came for you and he died a place on the cross for you. Now he stands ready to transform your life if you say yes to him today. So across this room, nobody looking around, this is for you. If you say, yes, I need his grace. Yes, I need his forgiveness. Yes, I turn my life over to Jesus. And that's your prayer. Would you raise your hand today? Nobody looking around and say, yes, I need Jesus today. Be like that, say, yes, I need Jesus. I see hands up in the back, man. It's so encouraging, ladies. Anybody else say, I need Jesus? I got another hand on the other side back, man. So encouraging. Is that you? I need Jesus this morning. I need to be transformed by the gospel. Man, so encouraging. Hey, if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart to Jesus. Just ask him to come to your life and save you from your sin. Say this, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. God, thank you for sending Jesus to down the place for me. God, I believe in your son that he took on the full penalty of my sin. God, I pray that he'd come into my life. He'd save me. He'd make me new. God, I believe in Jesus. God, that he was perfect son of God. That he loves me and that my life is now for him. I'm not gonna live my own story. I'm not gonna speak my own words. God, I'm gonna speak the words that you give me. You're my purpose, you're my hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.